It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 377 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, September 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, getting you ready for the season and your drafts that are probably coming up pretty soon. Locked On NBA is still going uh, every day with a bunch of different hosts from across the network taking part in that. And if you're an NFL fan and you want to get the latest on the Packers or the Bears or whatever team that you care about, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On show for that team as well. And also that goes for college uh, sports fans as well. Most programs now have a Locked On show ready for you to listen to as well. If you're a Kentucky fan, an Oregon fan, a Baylor fan, whatever team that you care about in college sports, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On show covering football and basketball, although I guess mostly football right now. And if you find a show on the network that you like, please subscribe to it on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show, including this podcast, Raptors, or Locked On Raptors. It's uh, it's very nice for you to leave a quick rating or review, five words even. It's, it's the best five stars it helps with the algorithms helps with my ego and i very much appreciate you taking the time all right on today's show we are continuing our preseason questions uh podcast here and uh upon the request of today's guest we are talking about og ananobi and whether or not he has a leap to make and uh the guest in question is from the writer's right podcast from raptors republic a whole bunch of other places on the internet it's josh Howe. how's it going man going great how are you doing sean i'm uh i'm doing all right i'm ready to talk about og because he excites me and makes me happy and uh i guess we should dive into this he's an interesting guy this season because i mean the last taste we have in our mouths of him is him going for 20 points in that game three against the Cavs and hitting that uh game tying shot before lebron broke our hearts and did terrible unspeakable things to the raptors but like OG was such a boss in that game that I think a lot of people kind of came out of that series depressed, yes, but also 
pretty excited about the future prospects of OG. And the entirety of last season was just a, a real revelation, kind of an unexpected luxury that emerged that I don't think people expected because he came into the season injury injured. He had the uh, the knee injury that seemed like it was going to keep him out until at least like December. Instead, he comes in for camp and we see him in preseason games and it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's starting two weeks into the season or a month into the season and it's just kind of all she wrote. And he was so useful and so important to that Raptors starting five that just blew teams away. And I think there are a lot of expectations tied to him coming into this year. Uh, so I guess we can start with that. Like, Josh, if you are a fan of this team and you're looking at OG, like, what do you think is a reasonable expectation for OG's development from year one to year two, just in terms of his, you know, you know whatever, whether it's a shooting, his playmaking, like, if we're trying to be reasonable here, and I think that's hard to do with a guy who's as exciting, you know, what do you think is sort of the thing people should be looking for from OG this season to sort of signify that it was a successful year in terms of his development. Yeah, it's funny. During the playoffs last year, during the sad times, which is what I call the Cavs series, um, <laughs> I wrote a piece called The Luke's and Tenebris uh, on the steadfast excellence of OG Ananobi. And it was literally to make myself feel better. That's pretty mm-hmm. much why I wrote it. Um, because OG was still playing really well. He's playing his guts out. Um, in that series, and he was going taking on LeBron James. Um, so it was, and it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. You talked about that three, and uh, he hit in game three, and uh, his play down the stretch there. And uh, everybody expects a lot from him. I think who, a lot of people who've been watching him closely. Obviously, he got kind of left out of a lot of conversations last year. Um, snubbed a couple times, <clears throat> Rising Stars game. <clears throat> <laughs> saying if he doesn't get in this year we're gonna have a riot probably um but uh yeah i mean i i think he'll the expectations for him to get better um obviously any rookie you're expecting them to get better the leap in question is what i'm interested in because is it you know to this point he's essentially been a three and d guy um you know, he's a rookie on DeRozan and Lowry's team last year, and now he's going to be a sophomore on Kawhi and Lowry's team. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what kind of leap he even can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the improvements he's going to make are going to be, like, probably small. Um, sort of like, you know, if he improves his three-point shooting a little bit and uh, maybe his transition game a little bit, because he surprisingly wasn't super great at that last season... Um, but there should be more opportunities to get it run this year. I think those could be just really big things because I'm not certain that he needs to have a huge leap for the Raptors to necessarily get where they're going to go. Um, but I also wonder if he's going to you know, get any criticism or if he should get any criticism for not necessarily making a huge leap this year. Um, but, you know, it's kind of tough when, you know, Kawhi's right there and, you have a couple ball dominant guys that are that are ahead of him in the pecking order, so it'll be interesting to watch and and just see like if he gets more opportunities, if he really just needs to be basically the same guy he was last year. Um, is it maybe really just the little things he improves upon, like you know when he takes guys off the dribble, which he can do, especially along the baseline after he's already set up there for a three, um, and he'll go there and he can make the first pass. Um, maybe he gets a little better at finishing once he gets to that point. Uh, maybe his passing is a little crisper there um stuff like that um i don't i don't think it's going to be obvious in like bo- box score stats necessarily or like just the surface level stuff but um 
I do think he's going to make an improvement. I just think it's going to be a small one, and I'm not sure he really is going to be able to make a big leap just with the way the roster's set up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I think at best he is like the fourth guy in the pecking order with the starting five as opposed to being number five last year. I think Danny Green's a nice player. Maybe OG offers a little bit in term, a little bit more in terms of his ability to sort of attack a closeout and cut and things like that. So maybe he gets looked to more. But I'm with you. I think there's uh, a real chance that it's not disappointing because I still think he'll be good. But I just think the leap that maybe some people are expecting after he was such a boss in the playoffs and in particular that game three, although he was great and just lights out from three the entire playoffs. Uh, I just think there's a real potential there for people to maybe. F- be left kind of wanting more. William Liu, your internet friend and mine, wrote uh, about this in his bold predictions column, I think for his medium site. Might have been for the score. Either way, read Will at both spots. Um, but he sort of talked about this. Like, th- yeah, th- there's uh, there's expectation attached to him that kind of resembles what people thought of like Norm Powell last year or Jonas in the early parts of his career before he kind of stabilized into a good player who maybe wasn't the star people expected and just sort of the disappointment that comes along with that and the fan outcry that happens when a guy doesn't quite live up to it and in OG's case he might be the most exciting prospect that the Raptors have had since Jonas since before that like it's been a long time since the Raptors have had a guy who sort of exudes this much confidence and just has the skill set that seems so perfectly suited to the NBA of today that I think if he does sort of plateau a little bit in terms of his counting stats people will be a little bit disappointed but like you said the the structure of the team is such that I don't think there's going to be that much room for him to kind of expand his wings a little bit or spread his wings a little bit in in an offensive sense and that is a bit of a bummer um, because he is really fun but at the same time like when you have Kawhi Leonard that's totally okay like it's I'd, I'd rather have Kawhi spreading his wings than OG in that situation um, if there's a thing that you think he needs to improve the most and it's kind of the most important that he does improve this season. What do you think it is? Um, I mean, I think it's probably the three point shooting, just more consistent. Um, it wasn't like he was, he wasn't a bad three point shooter last season at all. Um, but I think, you know, he was up and down throughout the year. Um, he could go completely cold in a game. The next game he'd hit four or five kind of thing. I think he maybe needs to gain a little bit more consistency there. I think that really could be huge because I defensively he's already at a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he can get a little better in terms of like team defense, but on individual defense he's like a really great player already. Um, and and just maybe like getting stronger and stuff like that. I don't know. Obviously, I can't say if he's gotten stronger this offseason. I just have to assume it because most guys do that, especially young guys. Um, but, you know, with Nurse looking like he's going to play OG at, at the four significantly, um, I think that's important. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, to think about the fact that, you know, like, does OG need to be uh, what he was last season? Or does he need to take some sort of leap for the Raptors to get exactly to where they want to be in terms of, like, can they beat the Boston Celtics with OG from last season? Mm-hmm. If just assume 
Kawhi is healthy, or if they go into that series, does OG need to be better than he was last season for them to have a chance? Yeah, that's so that, kind of interesting. I think an X factor. Yeah, like does he have to be Jalen Brown good for them to have a chance in that series? Just considering the depth that the Celtics have, and like I, I still haven't quite figured out the calculus of how to sort of weigh the Raptors having the best player in the series versus the Celtics having the insane depth in the very modern starting five. Like it's going to be a really good matchup either way. But yeah, OG becoming closer to a Jalen Brown type than a you know the, the sort of the what he was last season is probably would be ideal would be a nice luxury to have in that situation in terms of stuff that i think it needs to improve and honestly like incremental improvements and just more consistency would be nice but i think the one thing that really needs to improve and wasn't really there last season is like he has to be a good rebounder especially if they're going to be going small because i think we talked about this yesterday on the podcast where we talked about who's going to start for the team like if he's going to start at the four in you know 50 percent of games 80 percent of games 100 percent of games whatever it is like He's going to have to rebound at the position, and he only grabbed 4.5 rebounds per 36 last season. Um, what's his advanced numbers on there? His rebounding percentage was just 7% last season. That's not good at all for a wing, let alone someone who's going to be playing the four. And maybe that's just something that comes with more comfort. And you know, he was playing with Serge and Jonas last season a lot of the time, so maybe there were just no rebounds to be grabbed because those two were just out there to pick him up. But that's something I think he'll have to prove he can be effective at. Otherwise, you're kind of going to be limiting yourself to playing him with Jonas and not really any other centers because it's just not going to be feasible from a rebounding perspective unless he's sort of carrying his weight because you throw him out there with a surge and that's just going to be ripe for getting killed on the glass. Same with Pascal, even though Pascal got better at the end of last season. Um, so that is, uh, that's going to be big. You also mentioned the, the team defense. I kind of agree. He kind of got battered on screens a lot last season and I don't know if it's just because he's just like a big dude who is easily run into by guys who are screening or if he just doesn't really know the best routes to take right now. That's something that'll come hopefully as he gets more sort of intuition as a defender. But at the same time, I wonder how much he's actually going to be needed to play off ball defense in, you know, a really sort of aggressive sticking with a guy at all times kind of sense because I'm curious to see how he will be used defensively next to Kawhi. That's a ridiculous combination. They're probably going to switch a whole bunch because it sounds like Nick Nurse is probably going to want to do that considering the inability to switch was kind of what killed the Raptors in the playoffs last season as their defense fell off a cliff. In the regular season, you switch less, whatever. But I think the just Kawhi and OG together is going to be so daunting for teams to go up against. And I wonder if they'll just have OG be the designated guy to guard the best player on, on the opposing team and be the guy on ball more often and have Kawhi in more of a help situation where he'll come over, you know, poke the ball free for steals. He can kind of be a free safety out there along with Kyle. When you got those two running around as free safeties, that's terrifying. And OG kind of gives him that ability. Do you think OG this season is going to be sort of the number one go-to defender just in the interest of keeping Kawhi fresh and trying to sort of expand OG's role in some sense? Like maybe he's not the offensive weapon that people would like to see him be, but maybe he just becomes like an absolute terror defensively who's on the ball at the most important moments of the game. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think he, um, that that's something that he's so used to already now after this past season. I mean, when I was looking up his, some of his defensive stuff and matchup data and everything, and he played 24% of his minutes at power forward, but a lot of that came from like some switches and, um, before he, uh, when he was playing on the bench unit, before he got uh, became a starter, and um, 
honestly, like, when he was actually guarding bigs, like, real bigs, it didn't really go well for him because he wasn't strong enough to to keep them, you know, um, from just bullying him down on the block. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just fouled a lot to get them out of there. Um, And even some more of the bulkier mobile guys, like Marcus Morris, like, there was a game where Morris just, he just kept driving on him, just, like, backing him down, and OG would just end up fouling him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's stuff like that. Uh, You know, so I think he is more suited defensively definitely to like just be out guarding on the wings on the perimeter um the best player on the other team um he's just so used to it and i think it might be a bit of a relief for Kawhi for sure and a a good way to help keep him fresh like you said um i think Kawhi's really good at playing the passing lanes um so that'd be a, a just a great way to um keep him out there and ball hawk that way um and i so i think you know when you're doing a lot of stuff with og defensively like have him um, in a new spot, maybe um, you know, running around on offense, doing some new things, potentially um, even just like you know, having him uh, anywhere really around the block that's new to him. Um, keeping something consistent from the season before, I think, is going to be important just for comfortable um, for comfortable uh, comfortability, and uh, you know, even with the new team, like I, I think it really will be you know a, a thing where you know. He and Kawhi will probably switch back and forth, but I think it'd be cool to have OG as the primary defender on on uh, other um, other teams' best players. Because I mean, he was really good at it last season. Like that mm-hmm. was the thing he did the best was guard guys like um, you know how he'd be out on KD on the perimeter and like holding his own, and you know suddenly he'd be able to get down on the block and actually do pretty well against like Kevin Love, who likes to pull guys out and stuff like that so I think that would actually be a pretty good uh, pretty good spot for him I mean damn the game that he kind of burst onto the scene was the one against the the Rockets where he shut down Harden and I think Harden shot like 2 of 15 from the field when OG was guarding him in that game and that like that says there's a lot of potential there man and like it's not going to be there every night and he's still a young player with only one real summer of you know NBA preparation because he missed last summer rehabbing so I think you should expect growing pains and on that note like if you were looking at the Raptors' young guys, the guys who were all so successful last season, and you had to pencil one of them in for a norm-like regression where it just kind of all falls apart, it's a disaster season, the confidence becomes shot, the you know the depth in the team sort of sees that he becomes more of a uh, sort of outlier in the rotation and not really part of the night-to-night plans for, for Nick Nurse, is OG the most prone to that type of regression do you think of all the young guys between him pascal fred and and delon um i mean it's uh, it's hard because all those guys are so good but i mean probably i like everything everyone is saying about siakam and obviously it's all offseason stuff um but everyone is talking about how great siakam looks and i do expect him to you know come in and the, the videos that i have seen whatever offseason videos i never take anything from them but his handle does look better um he's obviously working really hard um so i i expect siakam to be better than he was last season um obviously fred is uh the best bench player we have on the raptors um and so like in terms of i think delon is the guy you can have maybe a conversation about because mm-hmm. You know how how real was his three point shooting last season? Right. Um, to like he didn't start the season very well, and then he kind of picked it up later, and it, it became fairly consistent. Um, but for in Delon's case, I mean, he gets to handle the ball more. 
Um, he's really, really great at attacking in transition. And again, this year, I think if there's more focus on that, um, he's going to be even uh, more lethal. Um, he's, he's really good at just worming his way inside. Got that masterful Euro step. Um, so in some ways, like he's going to get, you know, he's going to get his, his own points. Um, and, and he is a good defensive player too. He was, you know, he was, um, I think he was third or fourth on in the Raptors in deflections last season or something. He was really, he was close to the top. Lowry was still at the top, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, it's tough. I guess it is OG. Ah, I hate saying that, but <laughs> I mean, I guess so. From an offensive standpoint, I suppose. Um, but just because he's so good defensively, like I'd say, like last season, I for sure was all in on he's the best defender on the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think just from that fact alone, um, in some cases, he just has more value to be out on the floor than some other guys, even though there's some others that are, you know, uh, good at both. But OG's so good. Um, sometimes, you know, you just really need to say, well, I just need this guy shut down. So I'm, you know, OG can do that. So I'm going to risk having him out there at the risk that, you know, maybe he misses five straight threes or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a sizable dude. He's bigger than Fred. He's bigger than DeLon. Stuff like that matters. So it's tough. But, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it is OG if I had to pick one. Yeah, I'm making you do it. So you had... <laughs> You said it here, Josh. How things OG is going to regress terribly this season. It's a, it's a pretty heinous thing to say, but you know, yeah, you got to get those takes out there while you can, I suppose. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety-three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/podcast. Just go to Indeed.com/podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, no, I mean, I think I would say OG is the most likely for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, like he's a first year guy going into his second year. I mean, the other guys are kind of more established at this point. Um, I'm not convinced Fred won't be slightly worse than he was last year just because he was so damn effective, like, mm. and was so beyond expectations that just like coming back to earth a little bit would make some sense if he's a 37% three point shooter instead of a 40% three point shooter, or his lack of size gets you know, exploited defensively a little bit more often. I wouldn't be stunned by that, but um, I mean, Fred's super solid and I don't expect him to really regress, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, with OG, I, I just think the. The three-point shot's still a question. Like, his release, and I'm not a shot doctor or anything, but his release still is a little weird-looking to me and kind of seems like he's just sort of trebucheting the ball and kind of a weird, like, all sorts of different directions whenever he takes his, his shot and when he's at the top of his release. And you know, maybe they work on that, and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it works for him, and that's fine. But, like, he shot 63% from the line last season. He was 37% on the year from three. I mean, at the start of the year, he was up at, like, 48, 45 um, for like the first couple of months, and that was incredible. But then it kind of came back to earth, and he had a really rough stretch in the middle of the year. And then after he got hurt and came back, he was lights out again near the end of the season. And then obviously we know what happened in the playoffs. But it's not like he was start to finish a great shooter last year. And the the lack of three point or free throw proficiency kind of is a little bit of a red flag there. But at the same time, he was an incredible two point shooter. He shot sixty percent uh, on two pointers last season, and that includes him missing a million thunder dunks that would have ended lives. 
I think, you know, scratch everything I said, that if, if there's one thing I think OG can improve this season on, and I, and I think he will, it's that he can connects on some of those dunks now <laughs> instead of just, yeah. like, hammering them off of the back of the rim. Instead, he'll crown someone's ass, and it's going to be glorious. Um, I, I think if I had to, like, pick a, a preseason favor for who's going to have dunk of the year for the Raptors, OG's probably my guy. Are you... Uh, I'll put you on the spot. Would you agree with that, or is there someone else you think will have the dunk of the year? Um. Uh, yeah, I think it's well. I think Siakam's also a great candidate. Oh, I'm so excited for Siakam. I I could not pick him to to regress. I think he's going to be awesome. That dude's just like he's he's a great dunker because he loves to do it. Yeah, know? yeah. Like he throws down like angry dunks every time he dunks. He's like trying to tear the rim off. I yeah. love it. Um, Summer workout videos mean nothing unless they're a person for your team. And yeah. In which case, I'm fully buying in that Siakam's going to be an all-star this year. Yeah, so absolutely. He's, he's playing with guys like like Mello and – well, not, I guess not Mello exactly. Maybe not a great name. <laughs> Congrats uh, on beating Mello in the summer. Good job. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, but no, he was like – there's like Paul George too. And there were some guys out there and they were all saying like, oh, you know, he's he's really good. He's, he's great now, whatever it is. Um, so I guess if you care about that, that's that's great. But like, yeah, at least he's got those guys respect. Like, so that matters. And um, yeah, I think I think in terms of dunking, he would, yeah, he could probably throw down a really good one. I'm still waiting for him to. I don't think he's actually ever gone like really over somebody yet. Um, but I, I fully expect it to happen. I also fully expect there to be like an uh, Kawhi to OG or OG to Kawhi alley-oop dunk within. Mm. I mean, I think it's gonna happen sometime in preseason, honestly. I think it's going to happen really early on. Like, they're both just going to be just terrors out on the perimeter. They're both going to be off and running when one of them gets a steal. And they're both going to look over and realize that, oh, man, I've got a guy right beside me here. This is new. And then, uh, you know, they're just going to lob it up. And one of them is going to smash it down. It's going to be great. I think because it wasn't OG. Didn't he still say it near the end of last season that he was still kind of not 100% back to his yeah. athleticism that he had in college. Yeah, I think that was totally the case. And, I mean, look at some of the dunks he threw down in college, man. Yeah. They, uh, the one on Maryland, obviously, is the main one where he just completely destroys the entire state of Maryland. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm very ready for OG dunks. I'm very ready for him and Kawhi to have, like, defensive simpatico without saying any words to each other. <laughs> <laughs> just, like... Looking at each other with like a little glare, and it knows that they're gonna switch, and they just know they're gonna switch or something. Yeah. That relationship's yeah. gonna be fascinating. The, the the friendship with the fewest words said in the history of friendships, probably. But um, yeah, I'm all in on OG. I, I think OG's gonna be really good. I just think maybe, um, as Will alluded to in his very good piece with his bold predictions, like I think maybe this year is not the one where he makes the crazy leap, and maybe he's yeah. never the guy who you know becomes Kawhi Leonard, right? Like that's the, yeah. the that's the comparison that goes out there all the time. I think that's extreme because Kawhi's an MVP candidate, and like to expect that is uh, very much betting against the odds. You know, I've thrown out Paul George as a potential type of guy that maybe he could be one day. But if you're being more realistic, he's probably just like a very, very good, you know, supremely fit to the modern NBA style of role player who just like you love having on your team and does a lot of very good things for you, but is not like a star or anything. And if that's the case, that's still awesome. He was the 23rd pick in the draft from the Bucks. Thanks, thanks, Milwaukee. You guys rule. Help Grievous worked out well for you guys. Um, but. Yeah, I think the expectations for him this season are going to be very high. I think tamper them a little bit just because of his role, most likely, and just sort of the, 
You know, it's not always a linear develop, development for young guys, especially guys who are 20 years old and who weren't entirely consistent the entire entirety of their first season. Like, it's uh, yeah. it's going to be a process, and that's fine. We he's on the team for a very long time, so that's uh, and they they kept him and within the trade for Kawhi, they kept OG, which is insane. Yeah, that is well <sighs> insane. Would you be okay if he ended up being uh, like a Trevor Ariza? Totally. That's the 23rd yeah. pick in the draft. That's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think honestly, like get having just assuming a guy is going to turn into a star is so ridiculous. I think uh, in a lot of ways because um, it's that's so much pressure because that's it, and it's so rare. And, and and someone like a Kawhi Leonard who's like a top three of five at his peak player in the league, like that's that's a really great player. I mean, if if OG turns into that, um, you know, reaches that level, that's. That's just beyond what anyone can expect. I think if he becomes a really solid, really good role player, and that's his ceiling, like that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's something that you know all teams need. That um, if he did become like a Trevor Ariza type player, that'd be really cool. It's something that the Raptors can really use. Any team can really use. Um, you know, and so yeah, I, I think I just think you know some people are too quick to label guys. You know, this guy's gonna be a star in like four years. Yeah. Like, there are, like, sort of plug-and-play role players who kind of you can just put on any team and they'll do the thing. Like, a CJ Miles is, I would kind of throw in that category. Like, I think OG has the potential to be sort of an essential role player who, on his team, is absolutely crucial to whatever they're trying to do and to winning games, but it's not like he's a star. Like, I think, you know, and it's not like you would be happy to move on from him. Like, it's not like you could easily replace him, you know what I mean? It's like the way you could maybe a CJ Miles. So, I, uh... Yeah, I really am big on OG, even if it's not in the way that a lot of people seem to think it's going to be. And hey, maybe it will be. Maybe we tamper our expectations and he becomes uh, a freaking all-star this season or in the next couple of years, and that would be amazing. I don't think it'll happen, but if it does, uh, it, it'll be unexpected because we were uh, reasonable with our expectations at this juncture. So um, yeah, much love for OG. Very excited to watch him this season and watch him play with Kawhi. It's going to be so terrifying defensively. I'm so pumped to watch it. Um, Josh, any parting shots before we wrap this thing up? If OG Ananobi does not get into the Rising Stars this game, uh, game this season as a sophomore, man, what are we even doing here? <laughs> I mean, come on. I, mean, I'm, 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 I get it. I'm still so salty. I know everyone's going to throw, uh, just say I'm salty and whatever, and, you know, blah, 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 Tatum better. I don't care. Put OG and Ananobi in the game. He deserves to be there. He deserved to be there last year. He deserved to get a lot of accolades he didn't get. OG... I'm going to ride for you so that you don't have to do it. Um, yeah, man. This guy, he's got to get more love. Who needs the Rising Stars game when you're going to be second team all defense? <laughs> oh, okay, there it is. Maybe, uh, maybe when he gets to the finals, too, I'll have some people will finally start paying attention. <laughs> uh, OG's the best, man. Very excited. Please dunk this year. Please connect on the dunks. That would be great. Uh, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. Where can people check out your work? Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find all my stuff at Raptors Republic, occasionally at B-Ball Breakdown. Um, and if you love movies, I do some stuff at Scene Creek occasionally and uh, just uh, tips on right now. So I might have some stuff coming out for that. So keep an eye over there. Right on. And uh, I'm also on Josh's podcast whenever that comes out. Uh, probably out after this is posted. But um, Writer's Right is the podcast. Where, where can people check that out? Yeah, Writer's Right. I always forget to plug that for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> I'm a master. I, I've really mastered the art of plugging. So 
Um, I'm glad here <laughs> yeah. to shepherd no, it, you along. It's weird because I get a lot of really nice feedback from that, um, even more so than my writing, which usually has uh, egregious comments about how terrible I am. <laughs> Wait, so, Raptors-related comments are uh, are harsh and absurd? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wrote an article on Greg Monroe, and I guess that was kind of a mistake. Um, people just started having uh, Valanciunas arguments in the comments and that oh, got lovely messy. lovely uh, <laughs> but anyway writer's right <laughs> yeah writer's right uh it's great it's a podcast i host where i uh, bring on writers and we talk about stuff that they've written and uh their writing process and um yeah i just had you on it was uh awesome we're definitely gonna have to do more because we did it on your raptors rankings and there's more to come and um yeah it's really fun so you can find that on twitter at writer's right pod um and you can find it on apple podcasts or on anchor.com Right on. Uh, you can find this podcast, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places you get your podcasts. Please leave a rating or a review on the iTunes page. It's very helpful. Helps me feel good about myself and also does a little boosting up the rankings, uh, which is nice as we're getting into the regular season here. I'd like to have Locked on Raptors be a mainstay in the top 200 on iTunes. We could do that. I know we can. Um, we did throughout the playoffs. No reason we can't with uh, the regular season. So please... Help out any way you can there. It's no, it takes no time at all, and it's very, very helpful and appreciated on my end. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, of course, at Woodley Sean. Find my ranking every Raptors series on Raptors HQ. Three pieces done now. 100 players ranked. We got 120 to go, and uh, 90 of which or, or so are also very depressing, as the last 100 were. So please check it out. It's a lot of fun. And uh, the next post will be up on Monday with players 120 through 91. And uh, Mondays and Wednesdays for the next month or so leading up to the season, ranking every Raptor on RaptorsHQ.com. And uh, that's all for me. I'll be back again on Thursday. We're going to talk about the rankings a little bit more with Dan Grant, who did a little guest blurb on uh, Wednesday's post about Hubert Davis, who happened before I have uh, cognitive memory uh, or anything like that. So uh, Dan's going to be on. We're going to talk about the first 100 guys in the rankings. That'll be fun. And then we'll continue our preseason questions later in the week, Friday probably. And then uh, move in. We'll be daily next week. It's very exciting. We're within a couple weeks of media day and all that good stuff. So Stick here with Locked on Raptors as we cover it all. And we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.